featuring uh, Craig Daniels, classy Craig of the Leather Uppers, his latest project, The Bond, on Papa Doodown Records, recorded in fabulous stereophonic sound. Thanks for tuning in to Rumble Tone Radio at GoGo. I'll be back next Wednesday. This is Stupid Question from The Bond. Adios, amigos.
Monday, March 8th to Monday, March 15th, CITR wants to thank you for donating during the 2009 fund drive. We exceeded our goal by raising over $26,000, and we could not have done it without you. So be sure to tune in to Donor Recognition Week from March 8th to March 15th to hear your name broadcast on air during the show that you donated during. From all of us here at CITR 101.9 FM, thank you for your generous support of quality, independent programming. I'd get us out, off to a little bit of a rock and start on today's program. You have tuned into the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. My name is Tracy Fuller, and you are listening to a little track called Cannibal by Fanda. Yes, it's one of my recent favorites, but I have a whole show packed for you, uh, specifically fo- focusing on the Vancouver International Film uh, International Dance Festival which is starting this Friday. So I thought I'd pack the show with a bunch of dance-worthy hits, starting with this one, Cannibal by Fandeth. At the end of the track, I'll come back and we'll listen to, uh, we'll meet Jay Hirabayashi, the executive director of the Vancouver International Dance Festival, along with choreographers and so much more. Here's a little bit more of Fandeth on CITR 101.9 FM. End of control.
right. That was Cannibal by Fandeth. Uh, a very dance-worthy uh, track. And uh, this week on Friday launches the 12th annual Vancouver International Dance Festival. Yes, the festival's been running in this city for 12 years now, bringing international dance companies and individual dancers to the stages here in Vancouver. It started off very small, just a weekend event with a Kokoro dance and some Buto dance um, interchange. And look at it now, there are over 12 different performers. They're playing on some of the best stages in Vancouver, including the Vancouver Playhouse and the Roundhouse. And uh, I had the very great pleasure earlier this afternoon of talking to Jay Hirabayashi. He is the executive director of the Vancouver International Dance Festival, and he is also the artistic director of his dance company, Kokoro Dance, which is one of our local favorites here in Vancouver. Jay and I talked a little bit about um, what has gone into the festival over the past few years, and, uh, oh, I, let me see if I can pull this up. There's definitely something, oh, uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh. Um, okay, I'm going to hit you with the PSA really quick and come back with you in a sec. The 10th anniversary Vancouver International Dance Festival is taking place March 12th to March 21st at the Vancouver Playhouse and Roundhouse venues. The 2010 lineup includes Vancouver Company's Mascal Dance, Kokoro Dance, Lumenco Rosario, and Out Inner Space. Ontario's Toronto Dance Theatre, Taiwan's Lafa and Artists, Denmark's Kit Johnson, New Zealand's Black Grace and Bill Crutchmaster Shannon, Michael Sakamoto, and Evidence from the United States. The 10th anniversary Vancouver International Dance Festival. March 12th to March 21st at the Vancouver Playhouse and Roundhouse venues. Tickets are available at 604-662-4966 or online at vidf.ca. And how appropriate that was the... uh PSA for the Vancouver International Dance Festival. It looks like I'm going to have to uh, restart the programming here. So I'm going to hit you with a track, another dance-worthy track from Classified. Yes, he's out of um, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and perhaps he's one of my guilty pleasures, this hip-hop turntable, I don't know how to define his uh, music, but... I was feeling particularly patriotic, as I believe many of us might have been feeling around the Olympics earlier uh, this month, or last month, as it were. Um, And uh, this track called Oh Canada by Classified caught my attention, and I must admit I couldn't help but smile and maybe break it down a little bit. So this is Oh Canada by Classified on CITR 101.9 FM. told this guy where I was from. He said, oh, Canada. Kind of laughed it off. It was funny, huh?
from the land of the lost, trans-Canada cross, patriotic and a honor with my hand on my heart, from the greatest of lakes, to the greenest of greens, to the rockiest mountains and everything in between, oh Canada, oh you're no fan of us, cause a movie and TV shows are so amateur, yeah we laugh it off, that don't really bother me, look we ain't serious unless we really gotta be, humorous attitude like kids in a hall, the Jim Carrey, Mike Myers, how we claiming them all, it's the great white north, I'm on the funniest actors, a brother the joke with an abundance of laughter, the red and white flag, keep it high, keep it visual, people say Canada gets stereotypical, think we finish every sentence with buddy or bye, and if it ain't that, it's either dude A or guy, yeah we consider it people, and smoke a marijuana, we consider it legal, still doing rap like the 1990s, but that's how we like it, off time and grimy, yeah, I know where I'm from and I told you before, north of America, hard to ignore, every time I go away, I tell them for sure, I'm from Canada, oh, 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 Canada, I've been around the globe and heard the confusion Honestly, a lot of y'all are ignorant and stupid Yes, we have microwaves, TVs, and cell phones Unintelligent fuck, we invented the telephone We made Yahtzee, the light bulb, hockey And bred the greatest players, Gretzky to Crosby We all got at least one drink and buddy And after one drink, all of us think we're funny A national mascot's a damn beaver Oh, Canada, we love our beaver Home of Hells Angels and RCMP Home of Gordon Lightfoot and SCTV No dope, no the Underground Railroad George St. Pierre right here's where we call home A healthcare system, y'all know it's free Keep a girl's banging with a full mouth of teeth I won't even get into the music industry They say hip-hop is dead, nah, it's up north with me I can do this all day, it's a part of my routine But supper's almost done, and tonight Routine? Yeah. I know where I'm from and I told you before North of America, hard to ignore Every time I go away, I tell them for sure I'm from Canada, oh, 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 Canada I'm from the East Coast of Canada Oh, 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 oh Canada I'm from the East, East, East Coast <laughs> Not bad, I don't think. I think I, I think there are many other uh, more worse. Canada patriotic songs that I could be playing on the show today. All right, I have everything back up and working. Please excuse my technical faux pas. This is my conversation with Jay Hirabayashi. He is the executive director of the Vancouver International Dance Festival, along with the artistic director of Kokoro Dance. We talked about the International Dance Festival, which is launching this Friday, earlier this afternoon. The Vancouver International Dance Festival is now in its 12th year. Can you give me and the listeners a little bit of a sense of what the festival has been about these past 12 years and what it's looking forward to this year? We started the festival because uh, we were a dance company that uh, seemed to be isolated in Vancouver, um, and we thought that um, our situation wasn't dissimilar from other local uh, dance companies. Um, uh, nobody in the rest of the world seemed to know where Vancouver was. Mm-hmm. And uh, there weren't that many uh, companies uh, touring that were traveling to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And part of that was, you know, just the fact that we're 
somewhat geographically isolated on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other major dance centers in Canada are in the East. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people in Europe uh, were more familiar with uh, dance in Montreal than and totally, uh, totally without knowledge of uh, what was happening in Vancouver. Can you give us a sense of what the dance community here, the Vancouver base, mm-hmm. was like back then? I, it's a, quite a vibrant and maybe even bigger center than Toronto or might be well, now. Well, it's always had a lot of companies and a lot of uh, creators. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, there's a lot of dance activity happening. Uh, it's uh, also quite a, an eclectic um, bunch of choreographers that work here. So nobody does work that is that looks like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, in Montreal, they were able to sort of uh, give brand their kind of dance as, uh, you know, hard-hitting, physical, uh, urban. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here there was such a variety that was more difficult to describe right. uh, what happens here. Um, so th- that, w- that was one of the issues that we faced. Uh, and also we, f- we were seeing that audiences for contemporary dance were dwindling, uh, mm. 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and so we thought that we needed to do something to uh, put dance on the inter- international map, um, and uh, that a festival would be a good vehicle for doing that because it brings together a lot of dance acti- activity in a short period of time, mm-hmm. and uh, and offers uh, offers uh, the public a, a broader experience of dance and and, you know, a show every month or so. Right. Well, and it's been growing and growing. Over the past 12 years, it's gone from just a few performances on a weekend to a full-on, week more than week-long event and mm-hmm. with contributors from all around the globe. Yeah. Um, and especially as this year's festival being presented in part with the Cultural Olympiad, I guess I'm wondering how the Olympic fervor is contributing to or influencing this year's programs and participants. Well, for the past three years, the festival has uh, uh, partnered with the Cultural Olympiad, and uh, they've helped us uh, to bring in a lot of artists that normally we couldn't afford to bring in. Mm -hmm. And they've also been very helpful in uh, pointing us to some artists that were touring that we weren't aware of. Mm. So this year's festival is actually shorter than our normal run. Usually we do between three and five weeks of programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the Cultural Olympia this year, we've uh, contained it just to the period of the Paralympic Games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we've also um, doubled the number of shows that we do uh, daily, <clears throat> um, so that there's actually almost as much dance uh, activity as in past years. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly as many contributors, if not more. Uh, can you talk a little bit about who we will be seeing on Vancouver's Roundhouse and uh, and uh, the uh, other Vancouver Playhouse and the Playhouse stages? Yeah, um, yeah. With the uh, with the Cultural Olympiad, we were able to bring in companies from all over the world. So mm-hmm. there's a much stronger international presence this year. Um, we start um, we start the festival this weekend. Uh, with a local company, however, it's Maskell Dance. And with, the Kokoro, I believe, as yeah, well. Yeah, we're also performing. Um, pri- uh, w- there's uh, free shows every night at the Roundhouse at 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. and then the main stage shows happen at 8. Mm-hmm. 
the Maskell Dance Show is already sold out uh, this weekend. So. Fantastic, as it should be. Yeah. And then uh, next week we start with our programming uh, at the Playhouse with Toronto Dance Theatre for on Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And they're followed by a company called Black Grace from New Zealand mm-hmm. on uh, Thursday and Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday it's uh, Ronald K. Brown's Evidence Dance Company from New York. And at the Roundhouse, uh, our programming on Tuesday and Wednesday is uh, Kit Johnson from Denmark, this fantastic uh, solo artist. Mm-hmm. And she's followed on uh, Thursday and Friday by La Fawn Artist, which is an extraordinary uh, dance company from Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday and Sunday, uh, we're working with the Kickstart Festival, which is a disability arts organization. And they're bringing in Bill Shannon, this uh, hip-hop uh, calls himself the Crutch Master. Yes, very well known yeah. in disability arts circles. Yeah, and uh, Peggy Baker, who is also really well known in contemporary dance circles. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a rich program mm-hmm. uh, for uh, just about every every uh, dance uh, taste that you can imagine. All right, is there anything that you specifically are looking forward to? I know that Peggy Baker will be performing herself at the gala on Sunday. Yeah, she, um, she'll be something to look forward to. And um, personally, my pick is uh, Kit Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, her work is more aligned, I guess, with ours than maybe some of the other companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think her evenings will be a really intense and provocative journey that uh, will transport uh, the audiences to places they never thought of. Mm-hmm. I, that touches on my next question. I'm wondering whether the choreographers and the dancers have a chance to intermingle, because I will often wonder um, whether the audience understands how important it is for us to have international players come to the city to share their arts, to share their new, their new discoveries in movement with us, and for us to share with them so that art keeps progressing. Mm-hmm. Do well, I, I think uh, I think that uh, it is stimulating for local choreographers to see what's going on in the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and we do offer uh, master classes and workshops with uh, some of the visiting artists. So, uh, if professional dancers and choreographers want to meet them personally and learn about how they train, mm-hmm. they can take their um, master classes and workshops. Um, do you feel like that this that the, that you've seen through this festival Vancouver's own dance base grow as a result of having these international players come to the city, or that perhaps just Vancouver as a city known for dance has grown? I think both uh, both are um, uh, things that have grown through the festival. I mean, we've we've exposed dance to uh, thousands more people than. Um, uh, in previous years, and um, I think that the uh, um, well, I know personally because we get inquiries from around the world, uh, maybe three to five times a day, uh, from companies that want to come here to, to perform. That the rest of the world has taken note that 
something's happening here. Excellent. I guess my last question is just considering the fact that you have received funding from the Cultural Olympiad over the last three years, do you have concerns about next year and future Vancouver International Dance Festivals being able to put on the shows that you've been able to the last couple of years, considering the cutbacks from the BC government, etc.? Yeah, well, that's certainly a major challenge to us. Um, we still don't know actually what the repercussions of the budget will be on the British Columbia Arts Council, but we know we've lost $50,000 from uh, the gaming uh, grants. And uh, the Cultural Olympiad was great to have for three years, but they'll be gone next year. So basically, I think the B.C. government has put us back probably 20 years in terms of where we were at with funding 20 years ago. Hmm. And it's quite astonishing, actually, it's hard for us to even understand why art art has so little um, respect from yeah. from the government. Um, when, if you look at what we do, for example, we we probably turn every dollar that we're given by the BC government uh, into turn that one dollar into thirteen dollars yeah. in, in terms of economic return because. Um, you know, our audiences don't just go to dance. They go to restaurants before and after, and they they uh, um, the festival supports uh, hundreds of people in terms of um, uh, employment. Right. Uh, and they all pay taxes. So, uh, you know, you take away that that economic pool of of uh, funds, and um, I think the government's really shooting itself in the foot. Absolutely. I can't think of many other sectors in our in our society that can give quotes like that, can say that for every dollar, $13 comes back. And I think the government is absolutely blind to mm-hmm. the importance and the the economic impact our industry holds. Yeah. I, I guess it's too early to ask you whether or not you've, you're already starting to plan or to have thoughts for what to well, do next we, year. We, we, We've already pro- programmed another uh, three weeks next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether we can pay for it or not is the question. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we started the festival without any funding, so, you know, it's, it's something that we will figure out a way of doing, as we did when we first started. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just uh, disappointing uh, and, and somewhat discouraging to realize that, uh, you know, 12 years of work um, has to be basically started all over again. Mm. Yes. Well, Jay, at least there is going to be this amazing festival that starts this Friday mm-hmm. at the um, at the Roundhouse yeah. I um, and at the Playhouse. Um, Jay, thank you so much for your time today and for speaking to us, and best of luck with the festival this year. The program looks absolutely outstanding. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. That was my conversation with Jay Hirabayashi. He is the executive director of the Vancouver International Dance Festival and the artistic director of Kokoro Dance, uh, one of Vancouver's best-known independent dance companies. Um, I And... Kokoro Dance will be headlining the opening of the Vancouver International Dance Festival this Friday. They will be on stage... mm, 
at the Roundhouse, I believe, alongside the Mescal Dance Companies, or at the Playhouse, excuse me, the Vancouver Playhouse. Also this week from the Vancouver International Dance Festival, I had the great pleasure of speaking with Christopher House. Christopher House is the uh, the artistic director of the Toronto Dance Theatre, and he has been its dominant choreographer since 1994. And um, the Toronto Dance Theatre ha- has been at the forefront of creative and modern dance innovation in Toronto for over 40 years. So I was very lucky to speak with Mr. House. Uh, he His company is coming to Vancouver to present the piece Dissolve which was first presented as part of the 40-year retrospective and um, anniversary party for the TDT in Toronto. It also marked the 30th year that Christopher had been involved with the company in some way, shape, or form. The piece Dissolver um, has an interesting description online which talks about how uh, dancers spiral their bodies to depict the fleeting nature of joy corresponding to the fundamental theories of molecules, an innovative movement palette that is at times playful and at times passionate leads to continuing continuing audience gratification as emotions will resonate long after the curtain closes. So many of the critics who have seen the show and have written about the show talk a lot about particle theory and chemistry and biology and these influences on the work. But as I spoke with Christopher House earlier this week on the phone from Toronto, he told me that that was largely a misconception about the piece and that it wasn't just about particle theory. It was about much more about human beings. Here's my conversation with Christopher House, the artistic director of the Toronto Dance Theatre wanted you to speak of um, the Toronto Dance Theatre is coming to Vancouver to take part in the Vancouver International Dance Festival next week. And yeah, I wanted right. you to talk a little bit about why it's important that Canada is hosting international dance events, bringing choreographers and sending our own choreographers to events where choreographers and dancers can meet and share ideas. Well, I mean, the arts are a little bit like the sciences. The more information you have, the better your work can be. And the more work that you see from leaders in the field from around the world, the the better informed you are about where your work fits in. And also, in really practical terms, you can (laughs) discover better ways of saying things sometimes. Right. Oh, it's funny you immediately talk about the sciences because the work you are presenting, Dissolver, um, all of the um, information around it talks that it says that molecular theory was one of your main inspirations. So. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, to be uh, honest, uh, often information like that becomes a hook that people like to use for marketing. It's, it's, it's one of the things that the piece is concerned with, but it's not really the the subject matter. I think my interest in new physics and particularly in in particle theory, just like the very strange and mysteriously poetic way in which subatomic particles relate to each other, uh, to me can be a a really interesting metaphor for how people relate to each other. So the piece is really about people rather than about subatomic particles. (laughs) Right. I, I often look at the program notes for many dances and you read things such as inspired by particle theory or inspired by events of the past and, and you wonder how that gets translated into the stage or how that is 
really the driving force behind the movement of people in space and how those ideas get represented into bodies. Um, yeah. Well, I think with the, I mean, the way in which I was really excited about the way um, subatomic particles interact has, has to do with uh, a certain unpredictability, but then things suddenly pulling together into a very clear structure. So trying to, trying to find ways to hold on to the, the really beautiful spontaneity of improvisation, you know, when things happen for the very first time, and the adrenaline and the excitement that comes with that, trying to find ways to, to replicate that within a choreographed structure. So with set material that you're practicing over and over again, how to hold on to that moment of joy and spontaneity within it. Were you thinking at all, when you started working with these ideas in bodies and in movement and in space, were you thinking at all about the, the 40th anniversary of Toronto Dance Theatre and your 30th anniversary with the company? Was that on your mind as these... No, not really. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not so interested in the past, you know, at my peril sometimes, mm -hmm. but I'm more interested in the present and the future. So the, I mean, the, the, the joy of having a dance company is that you have this group of people that you collaborate with on a regular basis and you just keep learning new things from them. And every time someone new comes, the landscape shifts and you just go, wow, there's this whole other quality that we can explore together. Right. I'm wondering... Um, how it was, how the piece was originally received when it was presented as part of those uh, anniversary um, celebrations in Toronto. I read um, Paula Citrin, the, one, the Globe and Mail's critic, gave Dissolver the most misunderstood award, saying that um, your show looked so simple on the surface that many people in the audience m missed its intricate inner workings. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Again, uh those sorts of, it's, you know, it's the way criticism, you probably see this, is, is gradually being um, reduced to the way we deal with Hollywood people, you know, what's hot, what's not, right. what was a hit, what was a miss a bit, and I think maybe that's a tiny bit in the spirit of that. I'm not sure it was particularly misunderstood. I think maybe it was a little confusing for some people that know my work well because the, the style of the piece is different right. but that's any artist faces that whenever you change your your methods of course i guess reading that myself i was wondering about the nature of audiences and dance audiences in particular have um have changed quite a bit over the last, I would say, 20 years or so. Uh, yeah, I Depending agree. on who, what you're going to see, whether you're going to large venues and seeing the Nutcracker, or whether you're actually going out to see new works by um, modern dancers or by others, maybe not even by dan trained dancers, but watching yeah, movements. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as movement in our time, day and time is sort of being explored and presented. I'm wondering how you feel the audience has changed for dance. Well, I think that aspects of the audience have changed and people, you know, like all of us, like you and me, we only know what we know. So the more we're exposed to, the more 
we are able to contemplate what it is that we're encountering in our life. I think the, 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 and we process it and we talk to other people about it and we don't necessarily like it or, or dislike it, but it's, it's, it's just a way of changing the way that we relate to the world right. sometimes. And I think that dance in particular, you know, unlike music where you're surrounded by music all the time, and from a really early age, you develop your own sensibility about music and how to respond to it. I think with dance, you need to be exposed to it. And the more you see, the, the, the broader your appreciation. You know, I was reading this very interesting book uh, by a neurologist about the way we experience movement. And for example, a hockey player watching a hockey game, they're kinesthetic experience, like their movement experience is so much more heightened than somebody who's never played hockey. Hmm. But it's the person who's been watching hockey for years and years and years, as opposed to the somebody from a different culture who's never seen it, they also have a very heightened experience. So, you know, doing it, being physical, I think adds to your experience, but for sure seeing it and, you know, letting that Letting that um, affect the way that your your nervous system is wired. It's I think it's been scientifically proven that we really are like literally moved by dance. Right. Well, I mean, I, that's a fascinating idea, especially considering. Well, one might argue that Canadians, as a culture, don't have a lot of dance in our upbringing. If you're just an everyday person, whereas if you go to South America or to other cultures around the world, the idea of movement is not strictly a sports-based or a performance, yeah. um, athletic sort of um, initiation or beginning, but dance becomes a part of the way that people speak to each other and people court each other still, and whereas we've maybe lost a little bit of that in, in our northern country here. Yeah, I think you're right. You're very right. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I can't really dance, right? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. like, like there are many cultures where that wouldn't even be a consideration. Mm -hmm. You just dance, and yeah. that's that. And there's no beginning to that dance. It's just something yeah, that you grow up exactly. with. Just like the music, um, the music knowledge that you were speaking of earlier. Yeah. I guess my last question for you today, and I know you have to run away, um, is that you will be uh, offering two master classes as part of the festival. And I was just yeah, wondering what right. those will entail. What what can people look forward to? Oh, okay. Well, they'll be about 90 minutes long, and there'll be live music. Uh, we'll go through a, a warm-up, which will deal with a number of you know, traditional technical things, just getting the joints ready and getting the dancers up on their legs. But we'll also deal with some more somatic ideas, which, which le less traditional ideas, I think, to do with warming up the visual field, to do with warming up your sensibility with others in space. So, you know, 90 minutes is not a long time, but yeah. it, it's actually always really exciting teaching in Vancouver because the, the, the quality of the dancing, like the, the dancers in Vancouver are very strong. Yes. So it's always, it's always fun to teach there. We are very proud of our dancers, and, and we also are very proud of you and wish that we could see more of, of our own countrymen in, in, on this 
side of the Rockies more often. It's, it's a shame that we don't have more of a fluid dance uh, community across the mm -hmm. country. Well, we're looking forward to being there next week. So thanks, thanks so much for no uh, taking the time to talk to me. Absolutely, and thanks for coming. That was my conversation with Christopher House, the artistic director and the head choreographer for the Toronto Dance Theatre. They will be in town next week performing at the Vancouver Playhouse as part of the Vancouver International Dance Festival, which starts this Friday. The uh, Friday performance is already sold out, so if you're interested in attending any of the amazing shows that are coming to the stage, be sure to visit vidf.ca. That's where you can find out all all about the festival and all about the performers who are going to be in the city and performing this year. All right. Well, um, I have more music for you, more dancing-related music, since it is the uh, the dance festival uh, week. Uh, hold on. I'm just going to pull it up here. Um, I figure that we might as well get our, get our happy feet on and put a whole bunch of music on the air, which makes you feel groovy and makes you want to shake your booty. So here are the Constantines. They were in town for the Olympics, of course. Uh, this is their track, Dirty Business, on CITR 101.9 FM.
The Vancouver 2010 Cultural Olympiad presented by Bell proudly presents one of UK's best bands, Gomez, Friday, March 12th at the Orpheum. Gomez brings its infectious blend of bluesy whales and pop rock harmonies to Vancouver with special guests Luke Doucette and the White Falcon. Gomez, March 12th, all ages. Tickets at 1 800 Tickets and Tickets.com. For more information, visit Vancouver2010.com slash Cultural Olympiad. Welcome back to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I thought I'd give you an update um, because last week I was only playing music f from the artists who were kind enough to donate their time and their amazing musical skills to the Discorder fundraiser party, which happened at the Biltmore Cabaret last Friday night. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am very pleased to announce that the fundraiser earned almost $5,000 of pure profit, which we can put towards keeping the Discorder in print, keeping it around town, and keeping the history that over 25 years of publication, people, um, keeping it going for at least another year. Thanks again to all the volunteers who came out to help the, make the event a success, all the bands who contributed their time and their music, and to the Biltmore Cabaret for hosting, for giving us the wonderful venue to host the event. Congratulations to Jordi Yao, the editor, and to all the staff and the hardworking volunteers volunteers who write and publish the Discorder magazine. All right, I wanted to make sure I got that update in because I think that's an amazing, an amazing thing. All right, I have another piece from my amazing roving reporter, Nick Panu, a few weeks ago. This is a few weeks old, but this is during the, the Olympics. Uh, Nick caught up with some people who were performing on the SkyTrain, I believe, and he was talking to them about buskers and the idea of playing music in public for huge crowds. So this is his report called My Away on CITR 101.9 FM. <laughs> The band, the band, my way that plays here at the corner, the very busy corner, commercial and Broadway, right by the 99 bus, the center, the hub of the arts community here in Vancouver. We're speaking here with bass, lead, guitar, Ben, and drums, Graham, and vocal guitar, Russell. Uh, how are you guys doing? And uh, thanks for taking the time to do this interview. I mean, a lot of people come here, probably the busiest part of town. Actually, one of the busiest intersections in Canada, uh, commercial and Broadway. It's a hub station for all the entire TransLink, so you have tons of foot traffic going through here. You know, I've heard the stories of people coming here to catch, here the, here the 99 just came, the 99 bus, and famous bus, people lining up to get on. But I've heard of stories of people missing their first or second bus to hear you guys play and going down to uh, North Burnaby. We have the Millennium Line here and then the main Expo Line. And uh, 
Yeah. I, I, I don't mean to put this burden on you, but you guys kind of caused this backup of, of traffic because people want to hear you play. Then, <laughs> well, it's actually uh, how I met one of my best friends in Vancouver was, you know, they just kept on missing the bus. Uh, but yeah, we'll get a few people, you know, kind of straggling behind where they could be grabbing the bus. Um, and, you know, there's a few times where we'll have like a big semicircle around us, which is, you know, quite crazy because, you know, we're just busking. But yeah, it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. We play here so often now that people almost expect us to be here, so they'll just come, and if we're not here, they're like, what, where are they? And then we'll show up, and they'll be like, oh, there they are, good. So I think we're kind of like a, a comfort for people. People say when they're coming home from work that they just like to hear us, just it makes their day that much better. So it's nice to be able to do that for them. We got we got crazy fans, groupies. We're just the whole we're, nine we're the whole nine yards right here. Uh, you guys have been here for six months. Uh, how, how'd you guys get together? How'd you guys meet each other? Well, that's kind of a long yeah, story, nice. but to put it into a nutshell, uh, uh, I guess uh, Graham and Ben, uh, they're brothers, and they were heading off to. Kings of Leon, I guess. Well, they yeah. released us from the zoo. Yeah. They released us from the zoo, and we ran into Russell on our rampage. Yeah. Basically, what happened was they were heading off to a concert, and they uh, they saw me and just thought I was all right and threw me a buck. I was busking here. Um, and later on, I guess, maybe a week or so later, they, uh, they went and got their guitar and their drum, and they were about 20 feet away from me, and uh, we kind of gave each other the look, you know, hey, man, what are you doing? You're on my turn. You're on my, yeah. You're on my property. And uh, we ended up playing uh, the same song at the same time. So then we kind of figured we better wave each other over and play together. And, and that's about it. Yeah. All magic after that fell into place. We'll have uh, a bunch of people who either ask to play our instruments and they either bore us or blow us away. Or they'll actually bring their own instruments. We'll have a few people come in. And uh, we've had sitars sometimes. A saxophone player keeps on coming back. He's really great. Um, oh, I've seen him. I thought he was a regular, but he, he was just uh, a guy. Well, he comes around once in a while. Uh, we share the same name, Russell, and uh, it's actually pretty funny. The same kind of deal. We, we ended up meeting each other here. And, uh, yeah, he comes in once in a while. And it's a lot of fun to play with him. This is kind of a dirty word. Because uh, a, a lot of musicians aren't comfortable being asked this question, but... You know, pigeonhole in a, in, a, in a certain genre, but how would you how would you classify your g- genre of music? Uh, we're usually general about it, and we just say rock. Uh, we've been known to call ourselves like a grunge band too, but even that's kind of pushing it into a weird direction. So being vague and just saying rock kind of allows us to be open about what we're going to do because we're all. We always have new experiences and want to write new types of music and get into new things, so we don't like to pigeonhole ourselves even by doing that because it restrict us, but we're definitely a rock band. Can get heavy sometimes, but also can be upbeat and light, so... Well, yeah, one thing that's really funny with us, like, we, you know, we're, we're writing quite a bit, and it's such... It's very easy to define ourselves as rock because, you know, so many people hide behind that, that, that word. Um, as of right now, if you were trying to like really get in on it, uh, you probably you'd have to make up a new word, and that's very uh, what's the word for that? Um, it's very uh, arrogant to say that, but it's pretentious. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, but and I think that's a lot of people nowadays really play a similar music, but they don't really know what to call it. 
Uh, so it'll be interesting to, what, to see what they name us in five years. Uh, we we try to we try to be a broad audience, like draw people that are young, people that are old. Like we're not trying to aim for for just the the cool kids or the punks or the or whoever. Like like we want to party and have a good time, and I, mean, I hope everybody likes to do that. And we we see the odd person that kind of wants to shut us down, but we keep going. We uh, we're we're not. We're not in a box, I don't think. We we keep it open. We're playing on the street here is good because we get like little kids running up to us and like clapping and jumping around, and we get old people coming up and they're really into it too because we can play everything from like Elvis to I don't know Nickelback, Tool. Tool. Yeah, yeah, Tool's a good one. Yeah. So we really like to diversify. Diversify our music. <laughs> it's very inclusive. The, the the listeners, the the people coming here and are really getting into your music. Well, we're we're at the center. It's uh, everybody. Everybody comes through and Broadway and commercial. That's half the show right there. Is you know we get to the the, the person and the people to interact with. And well, we were just talking to on drums, Graham. Graham. And on guitar, Ben Jamin. And vocals and main vocals, the lead vocals and guitar. Russell Haskins. From the band. My Way. Here at the center, the main, the busiest part, not for only for Vancouver, but for. Uh, actually, it's uh, one of the busiest intersections in, in uh, all of Canada. Outside the London Drugs, right next to the terminal for the 99 bus, here on Commercial and Broadway, we're just talking to. Band members for My and Away. Thanks for it. It's My Away. Sorry, My Away. Uh, thanks for your time. Oh, no problem. It's a uh, pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for listening to the music. Yeah, peace. Peace, That was a report from my fantastic arts contributor, Nick Panu. He was speaking to the band My Away, who often play at the corner of Granville and I believe they said Robson. Uh, so in case you've ever walked by and heard those soulful voices singing together and strumming that guitar, there's a little bit more for you. This city is growing every day. All right, I'm just about to end the show, but I do have tickets to give away. There's an event called 5.5... 
elements uh, at the Dr. Sun Yat-sen Gardens. That's the Chinese gardens right in the heart of Chinatown. It's the final Paul Wan, Wall, the the final Paul Wong experience, and it's happening this Saturday from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. I've got two tickets available for you to go. Five, number five of five five elements: earth, air, fire, water, and metal are the and the five senses: sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell are the inspirations for making this use making use of this spectacular 15th century compound of gardens, courtyards, waterways, and architectural features in the heart of Chinatown. It's a multimedia art installation meshed with digitally with digital old school and new school moving image, images classic pictorial um, and contemporary uh, features it's sure to be an exciting event uh, so if you are interested in heading down to the Dr. Sun Yat-sen Gardens to see this uh, this performance art in a- in action give me a call here at CITR the number is 604-822-2487 604-822-2487 for tickets to the final Paul Wall- Paul Wong experience this Saturday March 13th call now 822-2487 and that is it for this edition of the Arts Report I will be back here next week for a whole new Arts Report for you but I'm going to leave you again with one more dancerific tune this one's by creature out of montreal quebec and in the songs called kandahar have a great weekend keep warm keep well and i'll talk to you soon